0: Welcome to The One Up Project. Money is fuel that that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo.
1: What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realising you did something you hated and have regret.
0: Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday.
1: This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently.
0: For all the things we were never taught but should have been, at the end of the day, the most important person is yourself and if you're not happy with your own choices, then you're never going to be happy. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the 1UP Project podcast. Today I have a real treat for all of us, um, our guest is Chitty Ashley. She is a woman who embodies the intersection of travel, business and and people, and she's running two very successful businesses, the first one being Lux Tribes, a global travel service and community that is promising to provide authentic, stress-free bucket list experiences to travelers. And then on the other hand, she has Ready Hub, which is designed for independent beauty professionals to market their services and manage their appointments with ease, both of which I want to get into and chat to. But Chitty is someone who I've followed on Instagram for probably around a year now, and we were talking just before this, and I was saying how the first kind of, thing that drew me to her was her YouTube video she did on why she moved from Bali to Dubai which was random because I had no intention of moving to Dubai but I just found it to be really interesting and gave me some great insights on the travels I did through Bali and since then I've just followed her and loved keeping up with everything she's doing and yeah I think it's going to be an incredibly interesting story for all of us and a real privilege for me to have her here so welcome how are you?
1: I'm great. And thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to kind of dive into all the different uh, topics that you mentioned.
0: (laughs) Yay. Okay, cool. No, thank you again for being here. Um, I really want to talk about the several different countries that you've lived in throughout your life, you know, Mm -hmm. with an upbringing in the States and then to Bali and then to Dubai. And I'm sure there's a few others within there too. Like how have those experiences shaped your approach to kind of, I guess your life, but also the businesses that you run now?
1: Yeah, of course. So, you know, I really had a truly global experience just growing up. Uh, I was born in Canada. I lived in Canada, Nigeria, South Africa, England, you know, and then obviously I, I moved on to the U.S. where I studied at NYU Uh, And then moved from the U.S. to Bali and then Bali. Now I'm based in Dubai. So I've been hopping around for for quite some time. And honestly, for me, my global experiences and just interacting with different cultures, interacting with different people um, has really kind of taken me over, you know, in the business world where I can kind of sit down and have conversations with anyone, right, and feel confident to do so. Um, I can deal with people and their differences because I've been dealing with that, um, you know, as I travel and all in the different spaces that I found myself in. And I can kind of come into any room with confidence because, you know, I've had to do that as I've um, moved from country to country. So, you know, that's something that has really helped me in, in the business world is just finding that confidence to deal with people, to deal with differences. Um, Another thing is adaptability, you know, and travel really teaches you how to be super adaptable, how to pick up and go, how to kind of find solutions. You know, if anyone has tried to plan a trip or just been in a new space, and you have this idea of what it's going to look like. And then you get there and you realize, well, this is not going according to plan, right? And so for me, travel has really taught me how to just be adaptable, how to be a problem solver. And so in business, I take that same approach. I'm like, okay, this didn't go according to plan. Where can I get feedback? Where where can I uh, pick up and go, right? And not get boggled down and not let a certain experience in business affect, you know, what I've got going on. So it's been such an incredible um, help for me as a business owner. And it's given me so much confidence, even confidence, even solo travel, you know, I always tell people like, go take that trip, because the confidence that it builds within you, just knowing like, I've got this, I am in charge and kind of I get to dictate what I do when I do it and I get to kind of just put myself outside of, outside of my comfort zone. So for me, travel is just, you know, the number one thing that has really helped me elevate in in every sense in business.
0: Mm, but the people can't see me, but I've just been nodding my head the whole time because <laughs> I recently did an episode on how travel And I was only away for five months compared to like completely Mm -hmm. moving there and setting myself up. But I was just talking about how it allowed me like being alone and then because I did a lot of solo travel and that Mm -hmm. being alone and feeling different types of ways really helps you to build this trust within yourself and like this ability to think like you can't rely on anyone else to help you with things. You have mm-hmm. to be able to rely on yourself because you're kind of the only one you have in that situation, the only comfortable person you know. You don't have your support network around you. And so you just make it work. And I, I couldn't resonate um, with that more. And I think that that trust sounds like it's something that within your business journey has been really paramount to you. probably being able to like believe in yourself and push forward with some of those risks you've taken. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. Trust is such a big factor. And, and, you know, how do you get other people to kind of trust you uh, with their money, right? When you don't have that confidence and that trust in yourself, and you have to build that up, you know, and it takes some people a little bit longer than others, but travel helped me kind of you know, catapult myself into risk-taking and trusting myself and building that confidence. Um, you know, I spend a lot of time by myself. Um, almost, I feel like to my detriment because now I'm almost too comfortable with myself. I'm like, I don't need Nails. them. I'm, I'm a party all by myself. But, you know, I spend so much time by myself. I lived in Thailand for several months by myself in Chiang Mai. I lived in Peru. I lived in so many different places. And when I say live, I, I mean I lived there because I was literally living 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 out of my suitcase. So wherever I was at the time was where I was living. Right. And then I traveled to so many different places by myself, Cambodia and so on. And so, you know, you really get to learn what you love to do, right. You get to learn what you don't love. You get to see what your personality type is. And, you know, just taking that leap of like starting conversations with people Right. That you've never met before and feeling that confidence to do that and navigate through new spaces. It's such a good boost. Uh, and then, you know, taking that over into the business world, it really just makes you feel like, you know what, I've, I've done worse. I've, I got this. Mm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, I want to touch on something you mentioned before I forget around living out of your suitcase, because I think that this was something I really struggled with when I was traveling. And, the, you know, there's this concept of what home is, and home is different for everyone. And for you, you've been in so many different places growing up and and now into your life as well. And so, like, what's your perspective on home? Like, what is home to you? And like, did you feel settled when you were living out of a suitcase? How did you manage that?
1: Right. I think it's a little bit of both because we have this traditional sense of what stability should look like, right? Which is home and, a you know, a routine that looks the same day in, day out. And so when you are traveling, you don't have that, um, you don't have that routine and you don't have that closet with all your stuff. And you're just, kind of logging around that suitcase. So, I had to find home in each place that I was in and find my new normal in each space. And it takes time as well, which is why I like slow travel, you know, where you can go to one place and be there for a good amount of time and explore while also kind of almost living like a local and really immersing yourself uh, and then creating a routine. So it took me some time, even when I first came to Bali, you know, I was living out of my suitcase, but. Uh, one thing that that helped me do is kind of cut down on all the crap that I didn't need. And you quickly realize like, damn, I don't need a lot of stuff. And that's why even me till today, I'm not someone, I don't have a designer bag. I think the one I do have, I think I stole from my mom's closet because I was like, I don't need any of these. No one cares if you wear, you know, a Gucci in Bali, right? No one gives a shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for me, there's so few things that I really needed on the day to day and that was kind of comforting to know like hey i'm good with this suitcase um and i can find home in every space that i'm in um i remember when i was in lima peru and i just used to walk down the streets kind of trying to find what my routine would look like, you know, do I like this coffee shop? Do I like this gym? So it takes time to kind of get acquainted to a new space. Uh, But you got to find home wherever you are. And you have to be enough as well. Like I am home, I'm Mm. comfortable in myself, I am home, I have my own peace. And um, that's, that's good enough for me in this season. I mean, everyone has seasons, right? So me back then in my early 20s, and I say early 20s now, like I'm so old, but you know, me back then as like 21, 22, 23, I could do that, right? I could kind of pick up and go. But me right now, I'm like, get someone else to do it because I'm not doing that. You know, like I need a little bit more structure in my day to day. But that's because I'm in a different season right now. So you just got to recognize what season are you in and what are you willing to kind of take on, you know?
0: mm Mm, I love that so much what season are you in and with when you were talking about being in Bali and realizing you don't need that much I had the same experience and I think it also speaks to the trust we were talking about before that you build with yourself because you kind of trust that you can do things without all the typical stuff that you feel like you've needed before and so that means maybe you can build up your own you can be enough just as you are without all this extra stuff around you and I remember feeling like a specific feeling that I'd never felt before walking around in Bali it's so hot you're pretty much in your Mm -hmm. bikini or swimsuit all the time and I would feel at home so uncomfortable doing that like I would feel really insecure but in Bali it was like if I literally don't strip down to the least amount of clothes appropriate here I'm literally gonna die of heat and so I just need to like I just have to exist as my natural self. And like, that was such a comforting and amazing feeling for me to finally be like, I don't care if I'm walking around in a bikini all day because that's, mm-hmm. I have to do that first of all. But also it feels nice to just like not care. Like that isn't relevant to why I'm here or what I'm doing. It's just a part of it. Did you find that as mm-hmm. well?
1: Exactly, exactly. And so imagine my shock and horror moving from Bali to Dubai and I literally right. had to yeah. Whole new closet because like, Oh, you mean to tell me I can't wear flip flops everywhere, or I have to actually buy a handbag. I remember like calling my mom was like, I need a bag, please. Because I had literally had my like, little phone pouch that I would put all my stuff in. And I think I had like a $1 wallet that I bought from a vendor in Bali. And that was it. And you know, I used to wear shorts everywhere, flip flops. And so now living in Dubai, where it's like, you know, everyone wants to look good and, you know, you got the nice cars and this lifestyle. And I was like, I do not fit in (laughs) to this, uh, you know, to this uh, new world that I'm in. So it was definitely a a tough transition.
0: Yeah, because like talking about, you know, knowing your season, did you know that this was the right season change for you or did you kind of grow into that?
1: Mm -hmm. I knew it. I mean, when I was in Bali and, you know, I had just built my house And that took, you know, quite a lot of, it took a lot out of me, honestly, especially starting that journey so young. You know, I started that journey, I think when I was 22, 23, 23. And, um, you know, going into that in a brand new country, not knowing anything about construction and obviously having my hopes so high Right. And then really being plunged into that world and really starting to learn about all the challenges and difficulties uh, of building a house. That was a lot. Uh, And then coming out of that and, you know, really, again, working through building my businesses and growing my businesses, I just started to realize, like, damn, I need a lot more stability if I'm going to be able to give 110 percent to the businesses that I'm building. Um, And so I had to really kind of make a choice like do i want to grow and scale my companies or do i want to live a life of leisure and comfort in bali i you know it, the comfortable decision is to just stay in bali be happy with what i had you know i had a very comfortable happy life um you know but i almost felt like i was a little bit in retirement because i'm literally like you know just <laughs> and i guess that's me saying me saying that as someone who is get up and go on the grind kind of person. But once I finished that journey of building the house, it was just like, okay, I'm working, I'm doing this. And I didn't, you know, I didn't have that next level, like, what's the next step. So I felt Mm -hmm. like I really needed to put myself in an environment where I could achieve a next step. And so that was then Dubai.
0: Mm, yeah and it sounds like you know you that was like another risk that you were to take just like I'm sure moving mm-hmm. to Bali or even building a house in Bali was initially and I think mm-hmm. a lot of people when they make these decisions to move to different countries or or they're even just thinking about it it's so scary and it feels right. as if you really wonder do the pros outweigh the cons and right. how did you kind of establish that and make and like, how did you know that you were making the right decision did you know
1: Yeah, I mean, I think because I, it's been several years now of, I'm always taking risks, right? It's a risk to kind of pick up, leave New York, I think I watched a YouTube video about Bali while I was in New York and I was like two weeks later, packed up my apartment and moved to Bali. (laughs) I watched, I think it was Lost Leblanc, I watched his YouTube video about life in Bali Mm. and I was like, that's where I want to (laughs) go. I want to live there. I want to live that life. Um, And so I literally packed up my apartment. I was like, I'm out. Um, You know, I renegotiated my contract, did all of that, but it was so quick. I'm someone, I don't sit on decisions for too long. And, you know, that can be a really great asset. And in some instances that can also be to your detriment because you don't think about sure. things really, you know, clearly, right? But so far so good. So I, you know, packed up, moved to Bali and then the same kind of line of thinking. I, I'm i someone, again, because I've spent so much time with myself, um, one, I feel confident in the decisions I make, right? And I can feel like, you know what, I can do this. So mentally I don't have that setback of, is it going to work out? Is it not going to work out? You know, I don't, I've never, I never really consider that it's just absolutely not going to work out. I, I consider that there will be challenges, but I also know that I'm confident enough to deal with whatever challenges come my way, right? But that takes time of building that trust that we talked about in yourself. So moving to Dubai, it really felt like a natural next step. And I was just kind of ready for whatever Dubai was going to throw at me. Uh, And and so far, so good. It's it's worked out. So it's really just down to trusting yourself and being willing to take risks. And because I've taken risks in business and just in life in general, I feel like I'm more comfortable where I don't have to overthink the decision. I think for me, regret is a lot worse than um, whatever potential cons might come about from actually making that decision. I just don't want to live in regret of coulda, woulda, shoulda, but I didn't do it because
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say I feel like with with these types of people and I would say I'm very similar to this like I tend to I always say I tend to throw myself in the deep end because I'm like right. oh well, we'll just see how it goes and I'm prepared yeah. to make to make it work if it needs to work. But yeah, typically I also find that the fear of not doing something is always greater than the fear mm-hmm. of doing something and you kind of push yourself mm-hmm. into it because you think, well, you know, what if it doesn't work out, but like what if I don't go at all? What if it does work out? And the kind of what ifs are different side of things. Mm -hmm.
1: I love that. I love that you said that. You know, what if it does work out? That's my mind. So, you know, for me, I'm not saying don't consider the risks. I'm saying consider the risks, plan for those risks, and do it anyways because what Mm. if it actually does work out? And for me, you know, if I didn't think about the upsides, I don't think I would be where I am today, right? Right. What is the cost of taking this risk? And for me, uh, the costs were nothing compared to everything that I stood to gain, and 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 the journey that I've now been you know put on because I chose to get out of my comfort zone and just kind of deep dive into it. So I love that we we connect on that because I'm definitely that person that's like, let's do it, let's dive in, <laughs> and see yeah, where no, we sure. end up.
0: yeah yeah I I think like it is one of those things that is so scary but you just think of all the cliches life's too short etc but also you've when you've got the opportunity to do things like that with less dependence that you might have or less commitments or you know you have these kind of opportunities that you might not have in time you want to take advantage of them while they're there and for you moving from New York that would have been yet yeah, quite a big move. Did you already have your businesses online at that point or what was your working situation?
1: Yeah, so when I decided to move from New York to Bali, at the time I was working for a tech company. So I was actually a business analyst for a tech company in New York. I was going to the office every day, but we had kind of like a flexi situation where you could work from home a few days out of the week, and we had like a flexible vacation policy. So I already knew that the company I was in, uh, you know, had that mindset of flexibility. So what I decided to do at the time I had just started uh, my business and I started to notice like, Hey, like if I can make almost like half of my salary within one month doing this part-time, you know, because I'm still working full-time, what could I do if I had more time to invest in my business? Uh, and so what I did is I sat down with my manager and I said, Hey, listen, I love working for you guys, but I'm thinking of making a move and I want to go to Bali. At the time, I didn't think I would live there, um, you know, forever. Or I didn't. I didn't know what the future held for me in Bali, but I knew that that's where I wanted to be. So I sat with my manager and I said, "Hey, listen, I'm managing this workflow, and I'm going to continue managing this workflow. And my work and my productivity isn't going to change. And because I took so much control of my work, and I was kind of the go-to person for that specific um, aspect of the business, they." Were comfortable with letting me go and comfortable with the arrangement that we made. So I transitioned and I started working on a contract basis, but I was still working for them full time, in a sense, but I was working remotely. So I was able to renegotiate my contract and that gave me a little bit more sense of confidence to move to a different country, because I knew that even if my business didn't work out, I still could continue to work for the company I was working for. So that was definitely a privilege that some people don't have, to be able to have some sort of steady income while they focus on their business. Uh, And then after that, I packed up my apartment, put my stuff in storage, and put my uh, my apartment on Airbnb and I was like might as well also cash in on you know Airbnb and which is something that I've really done throughout uh, being in New York whenever I wasn't in my apartment I would Airbnb in my apartment it was a great way to make money as well so that's something that I used to do to be able to then have money to travel so a little uh, life hack uh, if you will but I did that moved to Bali and you know life has just gone on since then.
0: Yeah, it's such a cool, it's such a cool transition from there. And I think amazing that now so many more people have opportunities to work online. Tell us about the business you were doing at the time and then how it grew and then the others grew from there.
1: Yeah, of course. So I had started my business Lux Tribes and I started Lux Tribes really because I was sick of waiting on friends to travel with me. You know, I was in my travel era and I wanted to go, 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 but all my friends had, you know, we had just graduated from university or college and everyone had new jobs. So they didn't have the vacation time or they didn't have the money or they just had other priorities. And I was kind of in the position where it's like, do I go by myself? And I was kind of sick of solo traveling at that time. I wanted to meet new people. And then, or do I just not go at all because no one wants to come with me, right? So that was how my business started, uh, Lux Tribes. I put up on my social media at the time I had, I think, between fifteen to fifteen to twenty thousand followers because I had been posting my travels, uh, you know, prior to that. So I just posted online. I was like, Hey, I'm going to Bali. This is the list of things that I'm going to be doing while I'm in Bali. If you're interested, uh, here's a link. Sign up. And at the time it wasn't a business, but I put it out there and lo and behold, I literally had over 200 signups in two hours. And I was like, oh, my word. Okay, like this is a thing. This is really a thing. I can do this. And at the time that wasn't a business, but I saw the opportunity for that to become a business. And so that's why I always tell people, like, keep your eyes open for ways that you can Mm. serve the community that you're you are already a part of right because being able to kind of already be part of that travel community and mostly catering to women who wanted to travel and then having them sign up immediately for my trip it was like wow okay This is an opportunity for me to reach out to people who want to travel but don't want to wait on the flaky friends or don't want to be a part of the group chat that never materializes into anything. We are all sick and tired. So I put together a few trips. I started my first trips in Bali and I was doing back-to-back trips. I had some weeks where I was hosting a group of like 30 women All by myself in Bali. I did trips to Thailand. I did trips to Bermuda, all over the world, my first year of business. And so that's how we grew. And it's so crazy because when you're in it and you're really loving what you do, you don't realize how fast your business is growing. Because by the end of that first year, I was. Sending out offer letter job offer letters to people for the same salary that I had left my job, uh, you know with and that was such a crazy moment for me to see like wow, I was able to 10x my income, just by kind of pursuing this thing that I really love to do and I was able to start growing my team by the end of that year so. For me, that year was such a key moment in just really pursuing my dreams and, uh, you know, hosting trips and starting to do strategic collaborations, working with celebs and so many different people on their travels. And that was really how my my business started to grow.
0: Wow. It sounds like such a quick, you know, growth as well that you probably weren't, that you already didn't think this was going to be a business. And then suddenly a year on you're, you have a team. And what was the timeline between leaving, still working full-time, contracting to your old job, and then taking on the business full-time?
1: Yeah, I mean, because that year was so busy, uh, I, and again, I, you know, you come from this traditional background where you think work needs to be XYZ, right? We think work needs to be behind a desk, nine to five, right? And so, and I remember when I told my parents about this business, because I'm someone I don't like to share too much when I first do it, because I don't want Mm -hmm. people to put their fears on me, right? And Mm -hmm. I remember when I told my parents, even my mom, I feel like my mom didn't want to tell people, like, this is what my daughter's career is for a long time. Because what's she going to tell people? Like, my daughter uh, travels with strangers for a living, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Or my daughter is now a travel agent, right? Right coming from, you know, graduating from business school, finally getting that dream job in tech, right? Most of my friends were working in investment banking. And so you have that picture of what you think your typical should look like. And so I Mm -hmm. think for a long time, I held on to that job because I was like, let me just hold on to this just in case, just in case. So I stayed much longer than I probably should have because even while I was still working there, I had already started to add team members to my team. And I think it was around uh, October that I realized like, we're making a lot of money. We have a lot of traffic and a lot of trip requests, right? And I'm expanding my business so quickly I need to be all in. I can expect my employees at the time. I think by October, I had like two to three employees. I can expect these people to be all in. If I'm not all in, if I'm still holding on to uh, this job that I had. And on top of that, it's taking a toll because I was literally, you know, especially in Bali, I would host trips in the morning because it was still nighttime in the U S right. I would host trips all day, And I would literally rush back home, clock in and be like, hey, guys, all hands meeting, you know. So I was literally doing so many different things and it was a crazy year for me. But I was so committed to this new journey I was on. But I was also committed to kind of holding on to that little bit of safety that I had. Mm -hmm. So by October, I was like, you know what, I need to just go all into this business and transition out of my position at uh, my, that tech company I was working for.
0: Mm. You mentioned, you know, the idea of still wanting a little bit of that safety towards the end, but then eventually then go. And it sounds like to me, you established a really, good way or you realize that there are so many shoulds in life and so many things we should go and do according to what gives us that safety and security but you were able to push past that and figure out what you actually wanted to do and go after that do you think being able to do that was contributed to by your kind of diverse experience growing up with all the travel or what do you think contributed to you being able to let go of those shoulds in life
1: Yeah. I mean, and that was really came down to the being able to start learning who I was and what I wanted out of life. Uh, After I had made that move to Bali, I I got to really spend a lot more time with myself. I got to adventure and I started meeting people uh, who were in the digital nomad remote work space. And you'll never know how much of an impact it has when you start to see people living that life uh, it, it opens your mind up and it really makes you start to see that this is possible. It's the same way, for example, you fly first class or business class for the first time and you're kind of open, you open your mind to a whole new world of luxury, Right. There's different things. You meet people and they're in this career and you're like, wow, this is possible. I remember I met a guy who was a developer and he was this was when I was in Thailand. He was a developer and he would explore all day and then clock in at, for work at night. And he was just having the time of his life. And I was like, wow, this is this is really possible. People do this. You know, and I was like, if people do this and I can do this. This, is, this could be my new normal. So moving away from that mental space of I need the corporate nine to five. I need the Goldman Sachs life. I need that, uh, you know, busy, busy bee life and realizing that, you know, that is amazing for some people and some people thrive in those environments. But I started to realize that that's not necessarily me. I want, you know, a little bit more flexibility and freedom. I want to dictate, you know, what I do when I do it. And I want to live in an amazing environment. And so independence, having that location independence, I started to realize like that that is actually important to me. And that's when I decided, you know what? I'm going to let go of this old life that I'm still holding on to. And I'm going to just embrace this new joy that I've found.
0: Mm, you are speaking to me. And I feel like one of the biggest, the most powerful things people can come to understand in their life is, what they truly want, like what they actually value in experiences in work in career, like whatever that is, really understanding that will bring clarity to so many decisions you have to make in your life. Um, I do wonder, though, you know, the developer you met and even yourself, having such that having such a hectic schedule, what kind of toll did that end up taking on you? Like your mental health, your physical health, if any.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, as we talk about, you know, living overseas, different time zones, trying to build a business while holding on to another business, you, while you're in it, it's it's so fast paced, right? And I was not stopping to take care of myself. Uh, I was not stopping to take care of my health. And that is a problem. So I did, I think around November, i just like crashed like majorly i crashed i was like okay i started to notice my health i had gained a bunch of weight because i was just working 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 but also adventuring but not really having a good routine Uh, and so i realized like okay i need to make this sustainable because i now found what i want to do right and i'm so in love with this business i'm building But I need to make this long term, I need to create a strategy for myself where I can do this. And, and, and I'm not uh, in a mental space of just being overworked and pushed to my limits. So yeah, it it was really difficult to find balance and and to just kind of start to find routine. And that's something I've really struggled with throughout the years.
0: Mm. And I suppose you've shifted as we were talking about seasons now. And so what mm-hmm. does balance look for you? Well, what does it look like for you now?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, balance is a tricky one for me. And again, you know, I feel that I'm, I'm not the person that's going to come to you with the, oh, I have this amazing morning routine and I wake up and I do this and I do that that's not what my life looks like especially not right now with two businesses you know i'm managing a growing team at lunch tribes we're almost at 30 full-time team members right so i have to be available and accountable to that team and then i'm growing a new business with Ready Hub, right and so again it's like having this new baby that i have to you know take care of, right? And start from the beginning with. So for me right now, there is no real balance. Every day is different, right? And uh, I'm just kind of trying to find what normal looks like within this space. So what I have come to find is I'm just taking more time for myself in all of the craziness and finding little pockets of the day where I can decompress and do things for myself and not for my businesses. And so I'm mm-hmm. slowly getting there. It's it's a challenge for me. It really is. And because I love what I do, I always feel like I have to be doing what I do. Uh, but I also don't want my entire personality to be my business. Right. So it's trying to find that. And, you know, I just got engaged. I'm getting married in a few months and then
0: that's going to be a whole
1: other Thank you. So that's a whole nother season I have to worry about. And that season will definitely require balance. So I am working towards that. But I know that right now uh, I am going to put in more work and I'm going to have to put in more work in this business that that I'm focusing on if I want it to grow to the scale that I want it to grow to. So I'm comfortable with putting in that time. Uh, Good thing is I have a supportive partner as well who's comfortable with me putting in that time. Right. Because we both understand where we are at now in life and where we're at right now in life is the growth phase, right? And taking our business and really starting to scale our businesses. And that's going to take time and that's going to take effort and it's going to take hours and it's going to take really uh, putting in the work to build a team. And so balance for me right now is it's a little bit shaky and probably not everyone's ideal, (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, the older I get, (laughs) as if I'm really old, but I guess the more I learn and the more I develop, I tend Mm to keep on reaffirming to myself that normal and balance just doesn't – exist for Mm. everyone in the same way you know everyone will have their own idea of what normal is of what routine looks like of what balance is and it does depend on the individual seasons of someone's life so it's going to look different person to person but in an individual person's life it's going to look different season to season and sometimes there will be times where the scales are just tipped and it's all work and no social and maybe sometimes it'll be the other way around and like I don't know if necessarily we should be aiming for a perfect balance, but more so having an understanding of what we need in our lives at different times and then working to support that.
1: I love that. I really, really love that. And, and you're so right. And actually just, just gave me the validation that I needed, uh, you know, when it comes to this topic of balance, because you are absolutely right. What does balance look like to a new mom, right? What does balance look like to a mom of three or a mom of four, or, you know, balance look like to a CEO at a corporate level? It's, it's so different, right? And being able to kind of dictate what you are comfortable with, Uh, and understand where you're comfortable with, I think is the most important thing. And so I realized like, hey, I'm not actually comfortable with not making time out to go to to the gym, right? And that's something that for me, if I want to say that I have a balanced life, I want to make sure I'm in the gym at least four times a week, right? Or hey, I'm actually not comfortable with not spending any time with my partner, because I'm always working. So I want to put aside some time for quality time with my partner and call quality time to call my family, for example. And so these are the things I'm now starting to realize, like these are priorities. Just as much as my business is a priority, these are some of the things that are important to me. Maybe not social life so much in terms of going out and doing certain things, but I know that these other things I can try to prioritize at this time. And then when I have more freedom to do other things like the social life, then I'll incorporate that. So my, my balance right now definitely is trying to make time for the, the handful of things that I can uh, and trying to do it while maintaining my sanities, you know
0: yeah no I love that exactly it's putting in those priorities and those boundaries as well that that do represent what exactly you are trying to focus on in your Mm -hmm. life and and it doesn't matter what that looks like to someone else but it matters what it looks like to you I suppose it doesn't mean that it's not it's still exhausting though and it can still be very tiring how do you tend to stay you know motivated and continue to be inspired to growing your businesses and pursuing your passions what kind of keeps you moving in that sense Mm
1: -hmm. for me I'm a problem solver and I love that I have two businesses that are really geared toward solving problems for communities that I love and I know and I understand and that's what keeps me going like I I love being a business owner. I love working with people and managing teams and I love solving problems ultimately. So that's something that really keeps me going. I really believe in the mission of my businesses and I really love what I do. And so being able to kind of continue to push and to see our growth year to year and how far we've come, is just incredible, and that is so exciting to me. And I'm someone I just love to think of new ideas and new ways to kind of uh, continue to cater to the communities that that we are serving. So that's what keeps me going. I'm just really about these businesses. I'm really about these problems we're solving. It's exciting, and you know, as a business owner, no two days are the same, and that can be a lot. You know, when we talk about stress. Uh, But it can also be really, really fun and just, you know, really motivating to see yourself grow uh, year on. And even with Ready Hub, you know, I celebrate the small wins. And I had to learn that as a business owner, you got to celebrate the small wins. And you got to show up even when you don't have much. If you are not someone who is celebrating the 100 users, you'll never be ready for the 100,000 users, right? Or the 100,000 customers. You have to be appreciative and just joyful at every step and stage of your business and really be in love with the journey of building. And so for me, I love the journey of just building this these companies and growing our team. And that's what gets me motivated and excited. And this is not to say that I feel that same way every single day, right? Because when you are a business owner, you come up with so many challenges, especially with Lux Tribes. We're in the service industry, right? And so we all know service industry is, it can be very tricky. And we have come upon a lot of challenges as we grow and maintaining quality as you grow your team. But at the end of the day, I just love what we do. And I really love the process. And you have to love that to be able to kind of stick with it for, for, for time.
0: Mm, I completely agree. And I love that I can, you know, just tell when you're talking how driven by that purpose you are. And I think it's so special for people to have that, especially leaders and leaders in a business. How like have you found taking on that role? as a leader and helping to mentor others within your businesses?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that leadership is just something that is really a gift. And for me, I would, I would categorize myself as, as a servant leader. I feel like, as a leader, you are there to serve, right? And you are there for the growth of others. So I really put myself in that position where I wanna see everyone that is on my team elevating. I wanna be able to kind of uh, interact with my team and see them also developing. I want them to grow with the business. I think that's super important. So, you know, being a leader, it is challenging, but at the same time, it's such a gift and such a privilege Right. And it's it's enjoyable. But of course, you have to be able to, to take on those challenges. And I always have to remind myself: like, you have the audacity to want a life that probably 1% get to have. Right. And you have the audacity to want to uh, do these things on such a global scale. So you're gonna you're gonna have challenges. No one gets to the the level that they want to get to without taking on those challenges. So sometimes, you know, especially during the pandemic, that was such a tough time for me, you know, as a leader, uh, you know, dealing with a team and and taking on so many heavy losses, especially after having such a phenomenal year prior and then going into 2020 and, Mm. you know, everything was booked and paid for ready to go. And then we were hit by the pandemic. And so that was a really interesting time for me, because I had to kind of buckle up and say, if you want to enjoy the good times, you've got to be prepared to enjoy the challenging times. You don't get to just, you know, enjoy the the fruits of the labor, right? You got to enjoy you got to get through all the tough things that come with running a business. And so I really had to mentally get in a space of um, being up for the challenge and knowing that challenges don't define the the business, right? They're just a part of business. So, you know, it's a mental toughness. If you really want to build a business, you got to get mentally tough. You got to get strong and not let the things that come with it and the waves kind of move you around. Otherwise you're, you're just gonna, you know, you're not going to be able to kind of withstand all the things that come as you go from level to level, because it's a lot. It really is. And there are some days I remember that I would wake up and I would just not want to get out of bed or open my eyes because I was so scared to look at my phone because Mm. I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to wake up and be bombarded with questions Mm. and You know, all these things that come with it. Uh, During the pandemic, we issued hundreds of thousands of dollars of refunds, you know, and that was mentally tough. Right. Uh, And so I had to pivot as a business owner to say, "Okay, travel is down. What can I do? Right. And we really focused during that time on, you know, strengthening our community being empathetic to our community right not holding on to people's money when we understood that people were going through tough times uh during mm-hmm. that time i was committed to keeping on our team members so we didn't actually let go of any team members during that time because i wanted them to feel comfortable and safe knowing that our business cared about them right but that took on a financial cost right But that has paid off because the people that were there before the pandemic were very willing and trusting to come back. Uh, And then we pivoted Mm -hmm. to other destinations such as Mexico, even in that same year, right? So we worked with what we had. But you have to be willing to, again, what I said before, the adaptability, the mental toughness, you have to be able to kind of, you know, get into that mode.
0: Yeah, no, it would have been extremely difficult. And it sounds, you know, so stressful to handle all of that within the pandemic, a travel business, you know, an industry that was hit so hard. It would have been so hard to manage that just as a solopreneur, someone doing it on their own, but you had a team at that point. And so as a leader, when you had a team working through those challenges, what were some of the things, you know, you realized with hindsight now, you realized you had to do in order to make sure that that team still felt safe and supported through that time?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of insecurity, you know, with, with travel and then with, am I going to be a part of this team? Should I start looking elsewhere? Right. And so giving the people that you work with and your team members that confidence to say, hey, I don't have it all figured out. Right. But I'm committed to making sure that we make it through this as a team and as a company. So that was where we start. I'm very transparent. Right. If I don't have the answers, I will find the answers. Right. And I will ask questions. I will I'm not afraid to ask people, how are you feeling? You know, what do you think about this? Do you think this is a good idea? I would love your feedback. I'm very happy to ask people that. Right. So opening those lines of communication with our team where I can say, guys, we're not doing so well right now. But this is our plan to get through it. Right. And I remember at a point where I said, guys, Our only focus now is making sure our customers feel taken care of, right? Okay. If you need to refund them, give them the refund. I remember I had to say that because everyone was asking me like, we've already done this. And, you know, and when you work and travel, you know, it's not just up to you about these refunds, right? Because you've booked the hotel, you've paid Mm -hmm. off the vendors for the activities, you've booked the transportation. And so for every single trip, You have to then go back to four or five other people to say, hey, we need our money back so we can then refund our clients. Right. So think about that for hundreds of trips that we had uh, coming up. It was really, really crazy um, at the time. But we opened those lines of communication up with our team to help us during that time to say to come forth with ideas we started to build relationships with our vendors to say hey listen can we get a credit can we get this can we get that so we just had to be very very scrappy during that time and i had to work with my team and be open to their ideas And that really helped us uh, get through it. So it was a challenging year, but but we got through it. And I I just realized that as a business owner, I can't do everything by myself. I don't want to do everything by myself. I hire good people so that I can use their knowledge. And they came up with a lot of good strategies for us to kind of, you know, stay strong.
0: Mm, Yeah, it sounds like you really led with empathy in that sense and allowed your team to feel like because you were being honest with them that they could be honest and open back, which I think is sadly kind of a rare thing for people to feel with their work um, these days, especially in a corporate kind of environment. So I think that is such an amazing thing that you kind of led um, within your business there. I could talk to you all day. Honestly, (laughs) I just love asking you questions. So I'm going to round this off with, Um, a bit of a light and fun question around your travel stories. Do you have any favorite travel experiences that come to mind that have really impacted you on, like, a personal level?
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, Well, the first one that jumps to mind, obviously, recently getting engaged in Italy. And it's so funny Mm -hmm. because I remember always saying, like, I don't want to go to Italy unless it's with the love of my life. Like, I (laughs) always – Say that, like I want to be in Italy, holding hands and drinking wine, and so to have that uh, experience and getting engaged in the Amalfi Coast, it was such a special, such a special moment. I think another one would be India. India for me was just a incredible sensory experience. It was just everything: the sights, the smells, the people, the culture, and that was one of the very first countries that I visited as uh you know while I was in in university in college and um it really opened my eyes up to travel in the world and after India I wanted to go everywhere because I was like if you know this country is like this then I can't wait to see what all these other countries are like it was so different and It really dragged me out of my comfort zone. And I say dragged because India is so unlike, you know, what we're used to, but it was fun. And I remember just talking to people, asking them things and, and sitting down and having chai. And it was such a good time. So for me, those are the ones that really stand out and really are just key moments for me that I hold dear in my heart.
0: Yeah, those are both two beautiful experiences. Thank you so much, Shitty, for your time and for talking to us today. Like, I'm sure we all appreciate it. I definitely do. I have like a massive list of notes next to me because I've just been (laughs) jotting down things as you're talking and so many things I could have asked. So thank you for your transparency, your vulnerability. And yeah, we appreciate having you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate the conversation. It's so good to chat with you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The One Up Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The One Up Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there.